Good morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. We gather as an inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. This is a, this is a house where you can bring your whole self. This morning's lovely flowers are given by Fred Smith in loving memory of his wife, Nancy, and by Ann Andrews, fresh from her garden. Thank you, Fred and Ann. I invite Melody and Jude to come up and light the chalice for us. Would you join me now in the chalice lighting words by Elizabeth McMaster? You'll find them in your order of service. We light our flaming chalice to illuminate the world we seek. In the search for truth, may we be just. In the search for justice, may we be loving. And in loving, may we find peace. associate schedule was set, and Reverend Stephen notified me that the subject of our service on June 2nd, today, would focus on breaking and healing and the Japanese art of kintsugi. 
I am familiar with this process of mending treasured objects, and I appreciated the lovely symbolism inherent in the topic. But all this changed just last Tuesday when Reverend Stephen emailed me to say, I have completely changed Sunday service. (laughs) (laughs) And the new service, today's service, would focus on choice and reproductive justice. I immediately stopped in my tracks. I responded to Reverend Stephen that this is a topic I would not have chosen and was concerned about my ability to be part of this topic and this service. I explain that while I am very concerned about the tide of radicalism that seems poised to overthrow a woman's right to choose, especially in view of the current makeup of the Supreme Court, I also explain that my position has been, keep it legal, keep it limited. I asked for Reverend Stevens' wise counsel and I received it. Even his kind offer to find a substitute for me. But in that process, I felt that the universe opened up a pathway for me, a pathway of exploration of this subject which I had not, with which I had not engaged in many years. What I encountered were writings urging people to develop a consistent ethic of life an ethic that considers reproductive justice and the care and concern for all families and children. Those languishing in detention on the U.S. border, those in war-torn regions, in areas of severe repression and want. I discovered challenges for us to move from crystallizing and calcifying our thoughts into mere slogans absolutes that don't describe anything and only polarize us. Sister Joan Chittister recently revisited her quote, and that quote you'll find at the beginning of our order of service, and affirmed that after 15 years, she still stands by her statement, probably stronger than ever, to be frank, she said. Sister Joan also expressed concern about activists absolutizing the debate and the lack of nuance when attempting to engage in any kind of meaningful dialogue. Come, let us join together in a meaningful dialogue as we search for a holistic vision, ask intelligent questions, as we search for a consistent ethic of life. This morning, as we engage with a difficult topic for many of us, it is possible for us to be together, to listen to diverse viewpoints, to consider other ideas because of covenant, our promise to walk together as a people of faith toward the lives we seek to lead. The covenant is an aspirational statement of who we want to be together. In that spirit, would you join me in the words for the congregational covenant there in your order of service? We affirm that each life has brilliance and when joined with others in joyful community has the power to transform. We pledge ourselves and our resources to this journey. This covenant inspires and challenges us to dwell together in right relationship. 
We promise to extend hospitality, nurture community for all ages, encourage spiritual growth, honor diversity, and practice kindness. Ministry is serving one another and the world. Each week during our service, we're going to do something new. We will briefly highlight a ministry, a committee, or an activity that is part of our congregation's life and work. For this morning's ministry moment, we highlight our fair trade ministry. When you buy a fair trade product, such as coffee or chocolate or other products at our fair trade table during the social hour, you support artisans, workers, and farmers across the world who seek to lift themselves out of poverty, and you help nurture and protect our environment by purchasing products that are sustainably grown and harvested. These purchases honor our seventh principle by reminding us of the interconnectedness of all of life and making choices that care for our earth and all its peoples. Your purchases also support our congregation and provide funds for our social justice work. This, too, is the life and work of our church. Let's enter into a spirit of meditation, of prayer, of reflection, of mindfulness, remembering that we are all interconnected as part of the great web of existence. Let's take a few moments now for silence and centering. We also take time to remember the victims of the shooting in Virginia Beach on Friday. With a moment of silence, we grieve for the 12 innocent lives lost. With a moment of silence, we grieve for the families and friends of those who died. With a moment of silence, we hold in our hearts those who were injured in body and spirit during the shooting. With a moment of silence, we pray for those who govern, that the spirit of life will guide them to work for the greater good and create laws that will end this senseless violence. With tears and with love, we light a candle of grief for the victims of Friday's violence and for all the victims of violence in our world. This is a prayer adapted from my colleague Lynn Cox. Holy One, spirit that is love and life itself, we bring hearts broken yet again by senseless violence. Be with us in this time of grief. Be with us as we reach out to one another in comfort. Be with us as we come to terms with our sadness, anger, and despair. Hold us in the embrace of eternal love, even when we forget our connections with each other and with our deepest selves. Fill our hearts with a thirst for justice, a hunger for righteousness, and help us be those in, with, and through whom our world is transformed. Lead us and bring us together in hope, healing, and action. Lead us to reach out to one another in comfort, in coalition building, in creativity, in calling for change. May we emerge from this time of lamentation transformed, ready to stand and move and dance together in the service of love and justice. Hold us in our unity, celebrating life in many voices and singing together as one people ready to create the world we hope and pray and dream for. All these things we pray for love's sake. May it be so, and amen.
from For All That Is Our Life by Rebecca Parker. Why does it matter that women's reproductive choices be protected? Because we live in a broken world where life is at risk in many ways. The power to choose is the power of life in the midst of brokenness. Without choice, tragedy, impasse, and despair are the last word. With choice, creativity, responsibility, and possibility enter the conversation. With choice, human beings enter into fuller personhood, becoming creative agents in the world who can transform life in the direction of greater justice, safety, and joy. If she has choice, a woman can move beyond being a passive recipient of misfortune 
injustice, <clears throat> violence, or failed social policies and systems. She can begin to inhabit her own life, become a decision maker who improves her circumstances, her children's lives, and her society. She can claim her creative power to repair and care for life that has been tattered and torn. She can make a way for safety and hope. A society in which human beings accept that life and death are in their hands is a better society. Embracing creativity and responsibility is a spiritual value that applies beyond the questions of pregnancy and childbirth. To know that we have choice is to know that life is not predetermined, that we do not simply have to comply with established structures, rote patterns, or the dictates of despair. We all need the spiritual knowledge that life and death are in our hands, and we all need to do the hard work of ethical discernment, of accepting that life and death are ours to choose. Each of us bears in our own bodies the power of holding on and letting go. The rhythm is in our breathing, in our coming together and going forth, in all our acts of love. Let us embrace all that is our lives and use our power to bless the world. Our second reading is Temple by Raya Momin. My body is my temple and will always be. It is not your place to decide how and whether it should be shaped and changed. It is not for you to discern how much protection it deserves and regardless of how many terms you serve, it will shed and it will bleed so let it bend, let it breathe, just let it be. Since my body, my temple, became a piece of legislation, it has protested every attempt to enslave it. And it will stop at nothing to stop the violence. It calls a ceasefire, a plea for peace. It calls for help and for relief, reprieve. It will not be silenced. If my body held a sign, if my body itself could speak, it would chastise those who exploit and stigmatize a woman's insides, a woman's insight, a woman's inherent right to give birth to new life or to terminate when she feels it is right for her. Not for you, not for me. It would not compromise to ease the tension or give false power to your religion, blaspheme. It would not suffer by choice in the name of freedom, in the name of God, or some elusive American dream. My body is my temple, but under your laws, it seems doomed. Women forced to risk their lives the abuse of silent witness, the battered by belligerence, the inability to adequately care, the substances that impair, those born infected, 
affected, lacking access to prenatal care, so they just consume. The point is this. My body is my temple for me to love, to behold, in which to delight. I received news this week from friends of mine that they're expecting. I'm almost excited as they are. They'll be great parents and their child. I predicted a boy, by the way. Will enjoy the benefits of good health care, the presence and support of extended family, and the privilege and comfort that come from being white. But how many single women of color or women living in poverty have just gotten the news that they are pregnant or anything but happy? How many expectant mothers will be scared or worried and wondering what to do about a child they can't afford? How many women will face difficult decisions about the pregnancy because of restrictive laws or life circumstances that create a lack of choices? Will they feel an abortion is the only choice they can make? How many women, some of whom may be sitting here in this room right now, would love to get the news that they are expecting but never will? How many hearts are aching because they've experienced reproductive loss? How many women and men cannot fully enjoy the gift of their physical bodies because of shame or the pressure of society to conform to a norm that denies the diversity of human sexuality and gender? How many women, men, and children have experienced domestic violence perpetrated by loved ones? How many families will struggle with raising a child who has serious health issues due to the toxins in the environment, parental drug addictions, or HIV? These questions are why I stood on the front steps of this building two weeks ago with some of you who chose to publicly witness for our UU values. We were joined by members of the Green Party and people from the community as we sang, prayed, and waved at the people at cars passing by, many of whom waved back or honked in support and solidarity. I held a sign that said, pro-faith, pro-family, pro-choice. This is the motto of the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choices, and it's a motto that reflects my values. As I reflected on that vigil and the recent restrictive abortion laws passed in Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky, and Ohio, I felt a deep call to speak to you about my belief in a woman's right to make her own decisions about her body and about reproduction. Of the many social issues we face in this country today, this issue is one of the most challenging because it's complex, very politically charged, and controversial. It is an issue which touches the life of every human being because each of us makes important decisions about reproduction and our sexuality in the course of our lifetimes. It is very spiritual because it asks us to consider our deepest beliefs about humanity, life, death, and family, which are the heart of the religious quest for meaning. It is also a difficult conversation to have because it is so intimate and personal. This conversation may cause a variety of responses in any one of us, including pain or frustration, anger or sadness, a passion for justice or discomfort. As a people who are diverse in our theologies, we also bring a variety of beliefs about abortion, about when life begins, and about human sexuality. It is tempting to avoid talking about this topic, 
But if we as a people of covenant who respect and honor diverse beliefs and ideas cannot speak together about this vital and intimate part of all of our lives, we lose an opportunity, an opportunity to engage with each other in a deep and meaningful way. We also lose the opportunity to engage in the larger conversation with society, which needs to hear our voices and our perspectives as a people of faith. The pro-life movement has co-opted the conversation politically, socially, and theologically. If we do not bring our values, our voices, and our religious beliefs to the process, the religious right will continue to codify into law their narrow religious viewpoint, damaging everyone's religious and personal freedom. Equally concerning is that these laws don't even accurately reflect the views of the majority of Americans on these issues. Statistically, it's shown almost 70% of Americans support a woman's right to make her choices about her body and her reproduction. And while abortion and when life begins are the dominant themes we're hearing, as ever stricter laws are passed with the ultimate goal of challenging Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court, there is a much larger issue that needs conversation and work. The intersection of human sexuality and reproduction with justice, reproductive justice. Stephanie Fleming writes, the fight for reproductive rights thus far has been within the traditional feminist framework using abortion rights as the main headliner. As important as preserving this choice is, it is time to recognize the shortcomings of the reproductive rights as abortion rights framework. Women of color first critiqued this framework as too short-sighted, one-sided, and not taking into account the reproductive oppressions that affect their choices over the course of their reproductive life. It was women of color in the early 1990s who recognized that women need so much more than access to abortion. They need access to reproductive health care services. In 1994, this new framework was articulated at a meeting of the Black Women's Caucus. That caucus then joined with other groups of women of color to become Sister Song Women of Color Reproductive Justice Collective. Sister Song has been instrumental in promoting reproductive justice and in building support for it as a conceptual framework and movement-building political strategy. Reproductive justice emphasizes that everything is connected and insists that we refuse to isolate or pit important social justice issues against each other. Sister Song sums up the reproductive justice movement this way, the right to have children, not to have children, and to parent the children we have in safe and healthy environments. Reproductive justice is so needed because it offers women, especially women of color, hope and power over their lives. In the second reading, Rhina Moman wrote, a woman's body is her temple and will always be. It is not your place to decide how and whether it should be shaped and changed. It is not for you to discern how much protection it deserves. In the first reading, Reverend Rebecca Parker takes a broader look at this issue, saying to us, why does it matter that women's reproductive choices be protected? Because we live in a broken world where life is at risk in so many ways. The power to choose is the power of life in the midst of brokenness. With choice, a woman can move beyond being a passive recipient of misfortune, injustice, violence, or failed social policies and systems. 
She can begin to inhabit her own life, become a decision maker who improves her circumstances, her children's lives, and her society. She can claim her creative power to repair and care for life that has been tattered and torn. She can make a way for safety and hope. As Unitarian Universalists, we affirm, as Camille said in the call to worship, a consistent and holistic ethic of life. A 2015 UUA Statement of Conscience says, as Unitarian Universalists, we embrace the reproductive justice framework, which espouses the human right to have children, not to have children, to parent the children one has in healthy environments, and to safeguard bodily autonomy and to express one's sexuality freely. The expression of a person's sexuality should be a choice that is made with freedom and dignity, knowing appropriate resources are available, including health care, contraception, and sex education. Every person should be able to live free from the fear of violence or abuse in their relationships. Parenthood is not and should not be a consequence of one's actions, but a choice that is freely, joyfully, and thoughtfully made. Healthy, loving, respectful sexual behavior between two consenting adults should not be dictated by a religious tradition that has been misappropriated from its ancient context and misinterpreted through a narrow lens of morality. Instead, our faith communities in the role of the prophetic church should be leading the way for reproductive justice because of the intersection of issues of human sexuality and reproduction with many other forms of justice making. Unitarian Universalism is uniquely poised to lead the work of reproductive justice, grounded not only in our first principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person, and the sixth principle, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, but also our deep reverence for life. Unlike the religious right, who really should call themselves pro-birth rather than pro-life, especially given their silence on capital punishment, gun control, and many other issues that affect quality of life. Unitarian Universalism seeks to be pro-life in the truest sense of the words. My colleague, the Reverend Sarah Gibb Millspaugh, participated in a Stop the Bands rally in San Diego on May 25th and had these words. Life is sacred. Your life is sacred. The lives of the person or the couple facing a difficult reproductive decision, their lives are sacred. And because their lives are sacred, we are called to do all we can to protect their life and their well-being. The lives of the born, the lives of the living, they matter profoundly. The lives of people who have a conscience, who are struggling with their conscience to figure out what to do with a pregnancy, they are sacred. We owe it to them to offer honest, scientifically accurate information about the choices they can make. We owe it to them to uphold their rights, their dignity, and their own responsibility to guide and shape their lives. Our faith calls us to be pro-family by working for a world where every person has access to the resources they need to live as fully as possible, including family planning and reproductive health care, a compassionate society in which children are born wanted and loved and welcomed into a safe community that provides for their needs. Let me hold before you this vision 
It's part of the 2015 UUA Statement of Conscience on Reproductive Justice. The world we envision includes social, political, legal, and economic systems that support everyone's freedom of reproductive choice and expression of gender, identity, and sexuality, especially the most vulnerable and marginalized. In such a world, all communities are places of equality, abundance, and safety, free from violence, oppression, and hazardous environments. This is the work we are called to do as Unitarian Universalists and as people recognizing that life is sacred. So this day and every day, may we hear life's call to work for reproductive justice and for all justice as we answer the invitation into fuller personhood and become creative agents in the world as we work to transform life in the direction of greater justice, greater safety, and joy for every person. May it be so, and together in the spirit of love, we can make it so. Amen. Let's take a few moments to sit in silent reflection together. Brandick Lovely says, let there be an to sustain and strengthen this place which is sacred to so many of us, a community of memory and of hope, for we are the keepers of the dream. The dream of this congregation, the UU Church of Kent, is to be a community of inclusion, a beacon of love and hope, a house for seeking and sharing a truth, a home for art and music, a hearthstone of friendship and human dignity, a place working for social justice, for reproductive justice, and for the liberation of all human beings. This dream thrives because each of you so generously gives of your time, your talents and gifts, and your financial resources. Thank you. Now, as keepers of the dream with the vision of justice before us, we give and receive the offering as a sign of our shared commitment to the life and work of this congregation and beyond. Will the ushers please come forward to receive the offering?
I offer you these words of Rebecca A. Edmiston Lang, mindful of our highest aspirations, bound by common faith and purpose, and yet beginning with ourselves as we are, let us take one more step together in our unending quest for dignity, justice, and love. And now trusting that the power to choose is the power of life, may we go forth in hope and in faith to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be. And amen. And now please be seated. <laughs> All right, I have a little surprise for you. We need to have a fire drill.